exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, fan fans, you're in for another treat this week as we have a beautiful person with a beautiful game as our guest. I first came into contact with her when she went to San Jose State and dominated the college bowling scene and becoming a two-time All-American. She later went on tour and was named the Rookie of the Year in 1989. And she went on to win 10 titles along with three majors as the 2000 and the 2002 Queens. She was a Team USA member and winning gold medals in the 2009 Pan Am Games and silver medals in the 2009 World 10-Pin Bowling Association. She also won two U.S. Opens. And all this made her a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. So, Phantom fans, here is Kim Kearney. Hi, Kim. Hi, everyone. Hey, thanks for having me on, Lenny. (laughs) Well, you know... I'm a little bit nervous talking to you because when I met you the first time, you were just a young little girl. Now you're a retired <laughs> superstar, and uh, I am a little bit nervous to tell you the truth, but I want to wish you a, a happy new year, and I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with us. Oh, it's an honor to be on. Thank you, and I can't believe you're nervous. I think you're pulling my leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, you've always been one of my favorites. You know, uh, there was another great bowler from the San Jose area, Leanne Hulsenberg, that uh, I'm sure you know, and I'm sure you faced her many times. But uh, you two, along with Wendy McPherson, Nikki Giannis, you know, there's been a lot of talent here in the Bay Area. And, you know, I, I mentioned in the opening that you had a beautiful game. So let's start out with the basics. Who got you started and how old were you when you did start? So I was eight when I started, and my dad, I have three older sisters, and my dad got us all kind of going at the same time. I grew up in 
um, a suburb of San Francisco, really, but the bowling center we grew up at was LNL Castle Lanes, which had a huge and really successful youth program. And so I just, I think I just learned the, the basics and the fundamentals there. They were great at teaching it. And, you know, certainly as a family, we fell in love with the game. Yeah, that was a pretty famous place. Uh, I went there many, many times, as you probably know. I did grow up with Billy Hardwick, and he might be a little bit older than you, but uh, Pete Lucich ran that place, and uh, I'm sure you remember him, right? Absolutely, yeah. I was, I was a, you know, as we called him then, I was a prep bowler back then when Pete was still around, and I have really strong memories of Pete. Yeah, that was a. It was a real hobnob of places to go as a junior bowler. You know, I later went on to run Pacific Coast Lanes, which was surf bowl back in the day. And L&L yeah. was a, a big place right down the road. And I'll tell you what, that was awesome. Awesome bowling facility. And a lot of great junior bowlers uh, came from there. In fact, a lot of them used to come up from Southern California to bowl in some of the tournaments you guys had. Yeah, we had that great tournament called Pac Coast or Pacific Coast, and there was such talent. I, I think up and down the West Coast, I remember like Leila Wagner coming from, she's from Washington, right? I hope I have that right. Um, just, yeah, just tons of talent up and down the, the Western part of the country. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And they still run it. I, I love that they still kind of have continued to keep that tournament in play and you know, it certainly made some great friends over the years just from there. Uh, that you have. I know you're loved everywhere you go, and it's just a, a way you've been your whole life. You know, uh, as you grew older, I'm sure you got some more added instruction besides from your dad. But uh, basically, who became some of your influences, you know, when you got a little bit older? Yeah, I think... You know, I, I followed my sister Sandy to San Jose State, and Pat Rossler, Terry Gregory were running the program then. Um, I think Pat probably had the biggest influence, and in, you know, just teaching me the game, um, just kind of how to how to compete. And then I think from Pat, I worked with Larry Matthews for years, and then that's probably a name from the past. And then, you know, Larry kind of segued me onto bowling on tour. Like after I got out of college, you know, Larry was kind of my main coach and, you know, I got out on tour and, and definitely have worked with all the greats in, in the country. I mean, from Fred Borden, cause I was on team USA for a little bit and, um, you know, Hank Boomershine, I remember jumping on the plane and going to Ohio when he was still there and I'd go to Wichita and I was just kind of thirsty in, in terms of trying to get better and, and, learning I think it's what's also helped me be a better coach is that you know I learned that you can teach this game so many different ways you can play it so many different ways and um, you know I just kind of experienced that as a young adult well I'll tell you what you know anybody that never saw you bowl um, I want to tell them to go to go to Google and Google up Kim Terrell and you can see her bowl what a beautiful game and there's no question why she became a coach we're going to talk to her about that in a moment or two. But I got to pay some bills, so I have a special announcement <laughs> here to make. So get your pencils and paper ready. Here's a chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt, and you can enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. This 900 shirt 
has an image of Glenn on it, and it says, 900, I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, to order it at 714-309-7587. And you can be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. And be sure to mention Phantom Radio for your discount. And Glenn says, have a great day. All right, my dear, we're we're back, and uh, I got a lot of questions for you. But uh, what what did you enjoy the most when you were out on the ladies' tour? You know what I think I loved the most about that opportunity was the chance to bowl against the best in the world every single week. You know, I, I the couple years prior to going out, I I you know Team USA was my goal and. You know, as as awesome as that program is, you have to be good that one week, right? That one week during trials. And I, when I went out on tour, I was like, you know, and I was naive, (laughs) young, just out of college. I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like I get to bowl against the best in the world. And in my, the way I looked at it, I go, and they pay you, (laughs) they pay you when it's over. It's a start new every single week. And so I think initially that was probably the, the draw, but, but certainly like stepping up every single week against, you know, players from Australia and, you know, between Cara and, and Carol Giannotti and just from all over the world, you know, and now it's become even more internationally attended, but I think that was the absolutely the best part about being out there. Yeah. There's nothing like the tour, you know, but you know, it's also got some problems with being on the road a lot. So if that was your the thing that you enjoyed the most, what did you enjoy the least being out there? <laughs> exactly, being on the road. I think, you know, there's just so many things that you sort of sacrifice to be out there. You know, back then we were bowling, you know, our week was, uh, what did we, like we'd travel on Friday and Saturday and, you know, Sunday would be pro-am and practice and we'd bowl Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, TV shows. There's, you know, like we were just constantly going and, you know, be gone for like eight weeks at a time and just all the things that you miss at home. You know, I missed too many birthdays, too many just family outings and things that, you know, you just can't get back. And I, I do, I hate that more than anything, but you know, I had just such an amazing support group um, behind me. My parents were always there. Luckily, my sister worked for United, and so my parents could fly out kind of on a whim if I happened to make a show or anything. And they traveled with me. They were retired at that point, so they traveled quite a bit from week to week. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty fortunate in that way, but certainly being away from home because, you know, we're just sort of a close family, and I – I missed that. I, I That was the hardest part. Leanne and I used to talk about driving. We'd be on the road and we'd be in the car and, you know, heading to the next stop. And we'd see all these families that, you know, cooking out in their backyard or, you know, we'd go to Walmart each, each week and you're like, yeah, I kind of look forward to that. Like, that's going to be cool when we can have those things. And, you know, luckily we, we've been able to, to get there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, a lot of people think being on the road is glorious and all that kind of stuff. But, well, I'll tell you what, it becomes a hassle sometimes with the hotels and rental cars and airplanes and flights and, and layovers and, and whatnot, weather and the whole nine yards. And, 
it's great when you're casting and making the finals every week, but you go a couple of weeks without making it, and boy, it becomes drudgery, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> eating every meal out, all of that just gets so it gets tiring. It does, and you know, uh, I'm a big guy. You're not a big gal, but you know, the beds are all different every week. You got a different bed. Sometimes you get a good one. Sometimes a hard one. Sometimes a soft one. You know. It's not fun out there sometimes. Doing your laundry, to me, that was probably, yes, what was horrible. Having to do your laundry, going to a laundromat every week. I, <laughs> we got smarter. We started to drop it off towards the end. But, oh, yeah. man, that was a drag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we, we advertise this show a, a lot of different ways. We have about 2,000 email addresses at Cahill, and we send out advertisements, who's, who's going to be on and whatnot. And uh, there was a change. Uh, when some of the people, old timers, remember you as Terrell, but now the younger people <laughs> know you as Kearney. So what happened there? <laughs> so I married this awesome guy I met who was on Ebonite staff. We met at, I think we met at Bull Expo. And um, Eric and I, he was from D.C. and I was still living in California. And yeah, therefore, uh, Terrell then became Kearney. But you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting that man, and I'll tell you what, you made a great choice. I know he did, too, but I'll tell you, you guys are a beautiful couple, and uh, please give him my best, all right? I haven't seen him for a few years, and he, he struck me as just being one of the good guys, and I miss seeing him. He certainly is. I'll for sure pass that along. All right, honey. So, you know, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we, we send the word out who's going to be on, and I got a question here from one of our listeners. His name is it's Jay McLaughlin, and he wants to know uh, what was your favorite house when you were on the tour? Uh, I will tell you, I had a fair amount of success in the state of Nevada, if that makes sense. I bowled great at Samstown. I think I really had a good amount of success at the stadium. I made a lot of shows there. Um, I would probably say Samstown. I, I really, I love the tradition tradition of that place. I remember being in college. We had a tournament at Showboat, and I we drove down the street, and you know the banners were hanging because I think there was an event happening sometime soon. And I mean, it just it just means so much to me. I think you know being you know having won anything there, much less you know the years and the many years that they supported our tour. Yeah, they certainly were a great tournament house. Um, all the people there, Mr. Kaufman, you know, I've been there many, many times. In fact, I was involved in doing the lanes there for you guys one time. Uh, Cable got involved with that. But uh, I don't know if you fully retired or not. I've never heard the official word, but I know that you've turned to coaching and, and you've become one of the best, which makes sense to me because you got a beautiful game. you got a lot of knowledge. And obviously, be, to become a superstar, you got to have a good mental game. So I, I'm sure you pass this along to all your students. So uh, there's a lot about coaching. It's not just go, you, you go first, you go second. You know, what do you think is the hardest part of coaching? I, you know, I think it's interesting. There's, there's sort of two pieces. I mean, you know, coaching at the collegiate level, um, it's one of the few places where we compete as a team. And so for me, 
as I've sort of centered my, my love for coaching here at this level, it is definitely figuring out how to get these 10 young women um, to kind of all move in the same direction. You know, the better we've gotten, the, the more talented players that, you know, I've been able to bring here on campus and, you know, their, their dreams of, of continuing in the sport, you know, may range from Team USA to, to bowling professionally and just really making sure that they you're supporting their individual desires as well as finishing the year with a national championship with a, you know, a trophy and a ring on your hand. And so, um, you know, and it's, it's tricky. It's tricky making sure that, you know, they may not all like each other and I don't ever really demand that or even expect it, but you certainly want to make sure that they can be respectful of each other. And that requires a lot of attention. Like I've, I'm involved. I'm, you know, I make sure if, if, you know, we get into to places where kids aren't getting along, like we deal with it, we address it right away. And so we don't sort of just like hope it goes away. And I think that may be one of the trickiest things about my job, because at the same time, you're trying to, you know, mold and mentor and make them into wonderful young human beings. And, you know, there, there's that as well, but it's the best part of my job. Like, I think what we've done here, what we've built here is um, a family. And we want we want our kids to leave here knowing that they were a part of something pretty special. And when teams watch us, when kids watch us, we want them to, to look and say, I want to be a part of that. And so that's what Eric and I strive for literally every day. I wake up trying to figure out how do I make us better as a group? How do we how are we better today than we were yesterday? Well, tell us where you're at and where all our listeners can follow you. Well, I'm at North Carolina A&T State University here in Greensboro, North Carolina, so far from San Francisco. Um, but we have just a women's program, and currently this has been our best season yet so far. We're ranked second in the nation, just behind McKendree. Um, we start uh, our second semester here tomorrow. We go up to New Jersey, and one of the strongest fields will face and we're just trying to make sure we're good in March. Like we're good when the national championships run around. So yeah, that's our, that's our goal. All right. So is there a website that you guys maintain? Yes. So our athletic website is ncataggies.com. So you can go there and kind of see how the team's doing. Um, we have a Facebook page. And you can w watch us kind of on live stream week to week. Um, so it's, yeah, we're, you know, I'm on the old side, so I'm not fantastic with social media. So we have some folks here that handle that a little bit <laughs> for me, but we are just, just trying to make a difference, right. Trying to make them better and, and, you know, help them realize whatever their dreams are. Um, you know, Eric and I try our best to kind of give you what you need and, you know, they're your goals and your dreams to have. We just, We'll support whatever it is. Fantastic. All right, final question. we got a minute or so left. What's next for Kim Terrell Kearney? Uh, I love this. This has always been kind of my dream to coach collegiately because I feel like it's where I got better. Um, but I, I think, I don't know. There were so many people that helped me along the way, and that's just been kind of my mission, I guess to continue to just sort of offer what I've learned over the years. Cause you know, all the ups and downs that, that we've gone through in our career as a professional athlete, 
Um, you know, so many times you want to, you want to help circumvent that, you know, make sure that, you know, your athletes don't fall down the same traps that you did, but in so many ways you can't at the same time, you just have to let them learn and live and make mistakes and develop their own instincts so that, you know, when faced with it again, they'll be better. But, um, this we love this, this is, this feels like where I'm supposed to be. And so, um, you know, I, I, I guess I intend to stay coaching collegiately as long as I can. Um, we have a wonderful little girl. Ava is now 11 years old and she's branching out into other sports. And so, you know, we've, we're just going to continue to support her, whether it's basketball or lacrosse, or maybe one day we can get her to throw a bowling ball, <laughs> but we're just, uh, yeah, it hasn't taken, <laughs> but we're just, uh, you know, happy to, to share what we know. All right. Well, just pass along to all of them that uh, you can't always succeed. And guys like Earl Anthony had more second place finishes than first. And in baseball, if you hit 300, you're probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. And that means you make seven outs out of 10 times at bat. So you don't always succeed. You just got to keep grinding it out, work as hard as you can and see where the shift may fall. But, sweetheart, I appreciate you being on. The old clock on the wall tells me we're out of time, and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. Glad we had another interesting guest to talk to. I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling, and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan, who has recently been inducted into the Michigan Coaches Hall of Fame. So for Phantom Radio... Thank you very much, Kim. We love you and keep up the good work. Give my best to Eric. This is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me, and soon I...